The Phillies have added an all-star starting pitcher. Well, he's a Tigers all-star. But they added an all-star starting pitcher with an interesting bench bat. And that is it for the 2023 trade deadline. Frank Close here with Jeff Bosher. And Jeff, I guess we could go in a few directions here. First would be they didn't get a bat. They did not. They did not get a bat. By the way, was that an asterisk you were applying to the Tigers All Star? Is, is that somewhat what you're, is that what like, you're, like like Gregory like Soto, right? They required an All Star closer this off season from the Tigers too, right? But you know, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, they didn't get a bat. I thought that they would. We thought that they would. In the end, maybe what crosses my mind, Frank, is that you and I were really excited about Bryce Harper's ability to play first base, especially after his first you know couple of games. He looked like he was a natural. And in some cases, looked like he was actually better defensively than than Reese Hoskins. But, you know, Harper did also have a couple of days that he took off because of soreness. And if you're going to add another outfielder, then you're basically saying Harper's our full-time first base. And I don't know if they're, they were ready or if he was ready to assume that role. Um, so, and then, you know, at the second part is I don't know I mean, a bunch of outfielders did move. So by the time the Phillies, you know, were left with maybe an Adam Duvall or or a uh, Teoscar, did he move to Teoscar? No, he stayed no, put. He didn't. Yeah, Both so maybe, put. maybe the price was too high then. In that case, yeah, you know, I I think uh, I think that's that's what I what I question. Like, does Mark Hanna excite you? No. Does Tommy Pham excite you? I like Tommy Pham to be honest. He's with you. okay. I mean, yeah. I I've, I yeah, I have questions about his fit in the clubhouse because he's had some. Issues, yeah. and I will say this: I will say the Phillies have had a an emphasis on good character guys in their in their clubhouse. I don't think he, I don't think anybody could disrupt it visiting for a few months. But yeah, that's. True. But you know what? I will say. I mean, fam might be helpful, but I, nobody changed hands that you really thought. Oh man, the Phillies should have had that guy, right? right. I mean, like so, Greechuk didn't do this. The same thing for Greechuk. I mean, not who would have been a nice player, but not somebody. The the thing that I liked about Duvall, if they would have made that move, is that he's just one of those guys where if he gets hot or he can change a game with one swing of the bat, much much easier than say a Randall Grichuk can, right? Or or yeah. something else. So I wouldn't have minded that because I think you know those kind of guys are essential to have in the playoffs. You know, we saw what Matt Stairs could do, but um, not having him, I don't think, is the big deal. I think it goes back to what we were saying in April, Frank, when they were struggling, April and May. If the Phillies are going to get back to the World Series, it's going to be because of the guys that they currently have. There was no savior who was going to come in and be the the that guy. I mean, this team just has to hit better. Yeah, so, so Dave Dombrowski, he spoke directly to that, and he said, well, you know, there's not a lot of right-handed hitting outfielders that moved, which, which is fair to say. Mm-hmm. He said, well, it was an interest, but we also asked ourselves a couple of things in that regard. First and foremost, pitching was the priority. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second. Then he said, from the right-handed hitting perspective, we talked long and hard. We liked what Rojas has done. Give Young kid, given energy. Defense outstanding. Speed is good, right? And and then beyond that, uh, he said, yeah, they did require. They have Pache coming back, too, shortly. He used the word shortly. Mm-hmm. And he says he hits left-handed pitching very well. And then uh, they he actually spoke to the players that the Phillies had he actually in a way he was almost almost really uh sending a message to to his team you know that 
he basically said what what we've said on this podcast a bunch of times. The guys they have have to play better. 100%. Is that fair? Yeah, a hundred percent. JT Realmuto has to be better. Trey Turner has to be better. Um, Nick Castellanos, and he was better on <laughs> that night. So you know, kudos to him for coming up with a big home run and. Game two against the Marlins, um, that was huge, but he was really slumping going into that game since the All-Star break. He's going to have to be better. That was um, a nice shot, too. To, oh, boy, was that sweet. Really nice. What a so swing. Needed. Sweet swing. and ooh. So needed. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe so, be- I mean, Those are the guys. I mean, but, you know, that's what – three guys right there that just have to be better, you know? But, you know, so I guess on one hand, it's easy to criticize the the president of baseball operations. Well, you could have done something about that. But do you think that that the fact that he didn't get somebody and turns it back on the players, do you think that gives them a real motivation? Or do you think it's is it almost like, well, it's almost like a player being dropped in the lineup. Well, you're not hitting. So this is this is what we got to do. Or, well, it's all on you guys. No no one else is going to come bail you out. Yeah, I don't know. It sort of depends on how much you you really believe what Dave Dombrowski is saying on the surface. I mean, I, I really hope that his decision to not pick up a right-handed bat, outfielder bat, was not based on the fact that Johan Rojas has gotten off to like gotten some pretty good hits and Christian Pache hits left hand because Christian hasn't stayed healthy and Rojas is a nice story for now. But I mean, we've seen the. Torreyes and the Matons and Veerlings get hot and then cool off. I mean, these guys have zero postseason experience, right? I mean, these are not, this is not someone I want up to bat in the ninth inning of a tie game in the playoffs, as opposed to say Adam Duvall. So I really hope that's not the reason, but I do think after the trades weren't when, when, when you don't make a trade and nothing works out, I think it is fair when you're the president of baseball operations to say, well, you know, like the guys were paying two hundred million and more to, like they should actually, or twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. yeah, it's really kind of up to them to to lift this team back to where it needs to go. All right, so let's let's talk then about Lorenzen. Uh, well, more more on more on the offense in a moment, but mm-hmm. Michael Lorenzen. So yeah, I, I kind of gave him the asterisk as I called him an all star starter. But let's face it, he's he's had a very very nice year for the Tigers. Yeah. After many years where he sort of floated into the bullpen and played center field a bunch of times, <laughs> and then uh, this was like really the first time a, a team kind of committed to him and said, hey, listen, we believe in your ability. We're going to help you get the most out of you. And he kind of said as much today upon the trade and let him let him loose as a starter. And they they got a lot for it, for their effort, the Tigers did. Yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of reminds me, Frank, of some, I guess, past pickups where he's a good young arm, maybe a little bit like Gibson, you know, where like he's not a high strikeout guy, but he's an efficiency guy. When you watch Mike Lorenzen pitch, he doesn't waste a whole lot of energy. And I think he's among the major league leaders in uh, fewest pitches per inning. Um, so he's an efficient pitcher. He's not going to blow you away with unbelievable stuff, but... I, all I know is, like, as soon as they traded for him, I'm like, yeah, I remember that guy. He's the guy who homered and pitched two innings of scoreless relief uh, against the Phillies a couple of years ago. As a and Red played Flyer. some outfield that day. And played, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now, he might be the Phillies' second best power hitter, Frank. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, but before like, there was Shohei Otani, there was Michael Lorenzen. Right, exactly. But like you know, I, I and I didn't know it when they made the deal. But now you you see Dombrowski talking about the trickle up or trickle down effect it'll have on the entire rotation. They're going to go to a six man rotation. We saw last year how much more effective Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler were on an extra day's rest. And Frank, we've talked about this on the pod a couple of times. You got a lot of pitchers here who are starting to reach their like max that they've ever pitched, whether it's Christopher Sanchez, whether it's Matt Strom, right? Um, Rangers probably going to be pushing it pretty soon. Like in general, they're going to need an extra arm from either the rotation or as a reliever. Yeah, I I, I do like this because there's no days off in this stretch and they're kind of leaving it open-ended. They said, well, we'll, we'll do, we'll go with six for a little bit and then we'll reassess. I do kind of like that. And I guess a lot depends on how the relief situation is going, which by the way, very encouraging outing from Sir Anthony Dominguez tonight who came in for the save. At first I was like, wait, they're doing what? (laughs) And then Frank, (laughs) but then, but Hey, he stepped up. I mean, I think it I think it's a, I, you know, one thing that was kind of out there um, among the rumblings over the course of the, the last couple of days was that, you know, the Phillies would really like not to just overwork Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> you know, it would be nice if they have some help. I mean, certainly if they get that from inside, from Dominguez and from Alvarado, that's wonderful, right? Because if those two are what they were last year, I mean, it, the two of them basically made the Phillies a playoff team because once they got to the playoffs, you knew you just gave the ball to Dominguez and Alvarado and you were set. Haven't been able to do that. I mean, as good as Kimbrell is, you want some help there. So, so anyway, the reason I bring that up is, I, despite the fact he had a, a nice start tonight, do you, if everything else is going well, say, "Hey, listen, Ranger, how about you? Uh, you were really good in the back end of a bullpen. Would you, would you help us out? What do you think of that? You mean in the playoffs or no? Like just down the stretch, if 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 they have a logjam of starters, is is and you know." Ranger just took him a while to sort of get his groove this year. Would would you mess with that? Would you want him to just maybe be in relief for the rest of the year? I mean, I don't know because right now, assuming that Alvarado comes back pretty soon, healthy. I mean, you've got Strom, you've got Alvarado, and you got Soto, right? So, what kind of role are you envisioning for Ranger? Right? Would it be mop up if they get? If they need some innings, I I don't know. No, I, 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 I would think right through the rotation. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but at the same time, if if they're trying to strengthen the bullpen, putting Christopher Sanchez there doesn't do anything for me. If yeah, they're going to have to take one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, well, listen, just... I, I think Lorenzen is a guy who I know he wants to start, and you know he's he's got. This is his, this is it for his contract, right? He's not under control anymore. It was a one year deal, yeah. Right. So he's he's been a starter here for three quarters of the way. He'll be a starter for a little bit longer, but I think he'd be willing to go into the pen where he's pitched before and give the Phillies some relief, especially in the playoffs if needed, or as you're just mentioning down the stretch here, knowing full well he'll probably be able to get a starting job next year based on what he's already done this year, right? And 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 by the way, that could come with the Phillies based on what happens with Aaron Nola and some of their other pitching situations here. So, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's likely, but I mean, he's got an opportunity to be a starter somewhere based on what he's done this year. So I think he'd be more amenable to going to the pen where he has pitched before and pitched well at times. Yeah, he seems, and he seems like he's going to be a good fit too. I mean, uh, 
One one thing yeah. about the uh, the Phillies, he's got a bunch of connections on the team. He played with Nick Castellanos in Cincinnati. Uh, he played with with Brandon Marsh in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. uh, not to mention uh, the Phillies pitching coach was his assistant pitching coach for a little bit in Cincinnati, right? So, uh, you know, Caleb Cotham knows him already. So, uh, so who knows? He might he might stay and and want to stay. Uh, you know, after staying for after playing out the year in Philadelphia. So so we'll see. I mean, maybe <laughs> you never know in baseball. Stuff happens, right? So maybe it's good that you just. You just uh, look at the schedule and say, "All right, until we get through this stretch of games, we'll let, we'll we'll have some, we'll insert him. He'll take his turn, and then we'll figure out what to do after the fact." Because you never really know. But by the way, uh, speaking of the starting rotation, so I, I regret to inform you that Bailey Falter is no longer in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. That was an interesting trade, Frank. I, I don't. I feel like that was a trade where maybe the Pirates approached. The Phillies to see to gauge you know Falter's availability. I, I don't. Were the Phillies actively shopping Bailey Falter? <laughs> yeah. So so here's here's here here was my thought. So when the and I actually the timing of me being on the air today was after after the trade for Lorenzen and and as I was on the air, we found out that Josh Harrison was designated for assignment, and so. I kind of said at the time, like, well, I guess there's another infielder coming, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, uh, because there really is, I mean, what are you going to do? Bring up Drew Ellis again, or you're going to, you know, there's really no clear, clear replacement. Right. So, so, uh, so yeah. So, um, Rodolfo, um, why am I going to screw up his name already? Jeez. <laughs> By the way, my mind is fried. That's right. Castro, yeah. So my mind, my mind is fried after after all these names I've been chasing all 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 okay, week. It's okay, you you got his first name correct. You yeah, <laughs> the hard part, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Castro Castro uh, is really intriguing in that he seems to have really hit lefties well. Mm-hmm. He was a switch hitter, and uh, talking to my 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 Twitter buddy uh, Tim Haggard, who who is a uh, Pirates guy, uh, he said, you know. He's probably someone who should give up switch hitting and just focus on hitting right-handed because the the the, the splits are just night and day. So yeah. um, he does have an option to the minor leagues. So so they could they could option him if they wanted, but it looks like you know he gives you a, obviously a better bat against lefties than Josh Harrison was giving the Phillies. He gives you better defense and he plays third short something i would not put i would not put josh harrison at short if i needed to yeah. um i mean the phillies have sosa too but you know an extra option is always nice up the middle and then second base of course too so so he's an intriguing uh infielder bench bat uh does have he can be optioned the rest of the year so um be interesting to see what their plan is with him now they could bring him right to the team or they could uh, send him to AAA and do whatever they want to do. But uh, what what are your thoughts on that pickup? Was that just like the Josh Harrison, you know, replacement? They needed to improve their bench. Uh, what? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would love to have heard more about their process of identifying Rudolfo Castro. I did notice he had some pretty decent pop for a middle infielder, like you were saying. I mean, he's had a couple of uh, like. 15 to 20 home run seasons in less than 600 at bats. So, I mean, it seems like he projects to have some nice power. Uh, I I mean, interestingly, they traded a middle infielder, right, to get Lorenzen. So you wonder how close he was to being called up, although probably not. If They probably just would have hung on to 
to Josh Harris. And um, I don't know. I'm interested to see see what happens there with him. Obviously, I think it's smart of the Phillies to have traded a middle infield prospect, knowing you've got Trey Turner there for next decade and a half. And uh, <laughs> Bryce Stott for five hopefully more. <laughs> for the next decade and a half. Um, so that, that 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 is a smart smart maneuver by them. Um, and we'll see. I guess we'll see. Was, didn't they have another infielder though that came up this year who was playing? No, I guess that was Drew Ellis. He had yeah, like I a there hot, was somebody else. He had so, a hot moment. Uh, who else was up? Uh, they were all the same. Uh, you're right. So. They're very fun. Got <laughs> middle infielders to come over. There's Cody Clemens comes up. Comes yeah. Down. Ellis comes up. Covey. Yeah. So that, I think that was that. That's an intriguing option there. So uh, by the way, just to speak of how you leave for a second, um, he was the number five prospect on. Uh, the, the Phillies uh, pipeline, according to MLB.com, uh, other other sites. I think Baseball Prospectus had him seven. Uh, so he's a guy that probably projects to maybe being a starter in the major leagues, but they're not sure yet. But they do like his bat. I don't think he's like a wow defender, but uh, I, I did get to see him play a little bit last spring during the lockout when I went to Clearwater anyway, just because who doesn't want to be in Clearwater? And uh I had the trip booked, so why not? Um, so uh, I did, but I did get to see him play, and you know he has a shot at something. But you know what? I don't think he would be in a position to displace either of those two up the middle. So as you said, so so it definitely was an expendable piece. Mm-hmm. I like that the Phillies didn't trade any of their pitching prospects. You know that was one thing that I was thinking that they would not do was trade pitching prospects, unless you count Falter as a prospect. I don't, but. You know, I, I think that's situation too is back to falter for a second that the Pirates traded Rich Hill, uh, who thankfully he's still pitching because he's the only pitcher in baseball older than me. So I, uh, you know, help, yeah. helps me feel young if, as long as Rich Hill is, is pitching in the major leagues. Uh, but they just had to plug the spot in the rotation. And I guess why not falter? Right. <laughs> I don't know. A situation where they maybe he can, uh, Maybe he can help uh, a little bit in just eat innings, I guess. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I I pull for him. I hope he does well. He was a big part of the Phillies making the uh, playoffs last year. There's no doubt about that. So um, for that, you know, we want to root for the guy. Yeah, change of scenery might help him a little bit. So I mean, he was he was doing okay at AAA. Nothing nothing too special, but he clearly was out of the Phillies' plans. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, like right now they're they're riding sort of I think the same lightning in a bottle with Christopher Sanchez. Had, uh, do I think maybe Sanchez might have a little bit more potential than Bailey Falter? Yeah, but do I also think he's going to be seven and one in every eight starts or whatever? No, no, of course not. You know, I mean, right now you're getting so much <laughs> over the top pitching from Sanchez and and Taiwan Walker that you just hope that it you know like the 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 chariot does not turn into a pumpkin, you know, come September. Yeah. Or the coach, I should say, doesn't turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> well, at least they have extra depth. I mean, for me, and as I was saying on our last podcast, I really wanted them to get a starter because I they're just not the depth yes. in the organization now. And I do like it too because they've just opened a hole in the AAA rotation, and I'm really eager to see a promotion there. I think Griff McGarry is, is due to go to AAA. It's something I've been saying lately. So this could be his his opportunity to move up to AAA. And then once he's there, I mean, he is 24 years old. Uh, you can't get any extra depth outside of the organization now, thanks to the non-waiver, uh, the uh, non-waiver trade deadline being it, no more waiver trades. So you need to have some at AAA that, that could help you. And and hopefully Griff Bagari can be that. 
Yeah, we'll see. I, I would hope so. Him and Abel. I, I think, although Dave Jambrowski said Mick Abel's not going to be ready for this year, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, and we know Painter is now, you know, be sidetracked for a year. So the future is not now and it won't be for quite a while, but that's why the Lorenzen addition is, it makes sense. And then, you know, going back to what he can do in the bullpen, if you look at the right-handers, right, you know, Kimbrell, you're, you're trying to not, he's already pitched a lot of innings because he's played a role that a lot of people didn't think he was going to play this year as, as the closer. But same thing, when you look at who's been good for them, Jeff Hoffman, right, Junior Marte, um, Sir Anthony coming back now, but he's been hurt for a lot of the year. I just don't know how much to trust. Like, you just want that extra veteran right-handed arm because Marte and um, Marte and, and Hoffman have been really good, but I, I still wonder every single time they come in, I, I wonder, is this going to be the game where they kind of implode or they're just – you know, take a step back or is there going to be a week where they just really struggle? And, you know, I just, you know, this bullpen has been really, really good. Uh, and now that you're getting back Sir Anthony and now that you're getting back uh, Alvarado soon, it has a chance to be special. And like it's been all year long. So I just, I just think adding to it can only help. By the way, speaking of the bullpen, I posted this on Twitter. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, but which member of the bullpen in his last seven games has thrown 10 innings to a 1.80 ERA and a 1.10 whip? Which member of the bullpen? 10 innings, 1.1. Is it Soto? No. Okay. No, he had a little bit of a rocky outing. I don't know, it was one of the guys I mentioned, Hoffman or Marte? Nope. Hmm. Now I'm, now I'm struggling here. <laughs> By the way, Soto's last seven games were actually were better, <laughs> better than one eight zero ERA. Uh, oh, so wow. were Hoffman's. But I was speaking about Dylan Covey, who oh, very, cool. qu- yeah, yeah. very quietly is is getting outs. In fact, they even used him in a high leverage situation the other day. They did, and, and he actually hung in there. What was it? Saturday, he kept the game within a run, right? So against yeah. the Pirates. So that was uh. So, so anyway, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe they. Maybe they're on to something. I don't know, but he's still probably uh, the weakest link on the roster when they need to add somebody. But uh, but good for him, right? He's yeah. <laughs> rebounding from uh, from his rough start there. But yeah, the but no, the bullpen entirely has been been pretty good. So it's, it's nice it's, to see. And yeah, it compounds my first frustration because for the longest time, the Phillies have tried. The riddle has been the bullpen, right? And this year they have figured it out. This has been an I don't think there's any question. This has been their best bullpen in quite a long time. Mm. And the pitching staff from top to bottom has been really good. And yet here we are still pulling our freaking hair out when they lose two out of three, the pirates, because they can't hit, they make base running blunders. They make fielding blunders. You know, there's some questionable managerial decisions and you're ready to just go back and be like, these are the Phillies. These are just the, the roller coaster Phillies that are driving us crazy. And then they go and win the first two. Uh, against the Marlins and in, in, in impressive fashion too, <laughs> I should add. And you know, it's like I don't know if I should just stop, just like enjoy the ride or or be frustrated. Like it's human Jeff. Th- those two those two games against Pittsburgh were some of the two worst baseball games I've watched in recent memory. So it's God. It was like the bad news bears, Frank. Oh, and I don't play. And by the way, you mentioned Harper being sore. Like he was really tested for the first time. You. Know, when you're when you're working out at first base and getting ground balls hit to you, you yeah. don't get a screamer to your right, <laughs> like, like like he was put up against. So I don't fault him for that. 
a uh, little annoyed that Nola didn't just say, okay, and then just go to work and shut them down after that. You know, yep. Um, you, you don't like them giving outs away, but, but at some point it, someone like Nola should be able to step up and, and stop the bleeding. Right. Well, you, he, you would, you would the think. microcosm of the whole sort of frustration of the year. Here's a guy who's pitched a lot of innings, ton of innings. And usually if you're pitching a lot of innings, you're doing great, but he has struggled just keeping the ball in the park in a way that he doesn't normally do. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's nice. It's nice that the uh, the couple of wins and the trade deadline distracted us from having to talk about that series too much. So, uh, but but here's yeah. what I, here's what I do want to point out though. When you look at and I realize, yes, yeah, some people are still disappointed in, in terms of the lack of a uh, a bat. But you know, when I look at the standings, I look at the ones that the Phillies are really going to have to compete with for the wild card. I don't see the people that are around them doing a whole lot. I mean, the Marlins might be the the only team mm-hmm. among that that wild card um, jumble where where people are all kind of gathered that actually added uh, San Francisco Giants. They they barely registered anything. Right, Milwaukee Brewers. They probably did add. They were the ones who added a few pieces, but you know they might be able to take the division if you ask me. Uh, but then uh, the Reds didn't do anything. Uh, the Reds, meanwhile. Let Ben Lively remember Ben Lively? Yes, I remember. He ben. started for the Reds tonight and allowed thirteen earned runs. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen anybody in Major League Baseball allow thirteen earned runs in one outing. Uh, and Ben Wait, Lively did that. Baker too. managing the Reds again? <laughs> wow, you left in well, there. you know what that tells me. You know, uh, by the way, Ben Lively has 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 pitched pretty nicely at times this year. So I'm not trying to knock Ben Lively, but. It's, it says to me that the Reds are just so so screwed up in the pitching department that they felt like they needed to have him hang in there and get some more innings out of him before they pulled him, right? So I think that speaks to the Reds roster and also makes me think that they're not going to hang around. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's if there point. was a team that needed to, to, to add a starter, it's them. Uh, and instead, the Baltimore Orioles did, you know, among the young teams that – yeah, they now they will get back Hunter Green. Um, so I don't know if they considered that sort of like adding a starter because he's been out for, for yeah. a bit and he's electric. But you're right. I think I think that's have, discouraging. Use the guy though that that's got some experience, some moxie to him. You know. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's discouraging though. But and mm-hmm. all right. So anyway, so then like uh, you know Arizona, they traded their closer. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think they added anything of of difference making. Right. Um, the Cubs added a couple pieces. I don't really think the Cubs are for real. You know, they had, they had a nice little winning streak, and then they won eight games in a row, and now they've lost their last two. Although they're the ones who beat up on Ben Lively tonight. So yeah, I'm not. I, you know, the Cubs may may hang around there a little bit. You know, their pitching's been pretty decent at times. You know, Justin Steele's emerged for them, and um, they got some good young hitters. It wouldn't surprise me if they hung around a lot, but I don't think that they're going to overtake the Phillies in the wild card. I agree with you on that. Yeah, so the way things the way things are setting up, I I just I I think the Phillies are still in a good spot for the wild card. Uh, you know, I I I don't think that that among the teams in the same boat, anybody sort of overtook them. And then you know, of course, I I think last year the strategy was get a seat at the table in the playoffs, and you have enough of the big boys. Your front end of the pitching could hang with the, with anybody. So I think that's right. that's kind of how they played it last year. So, all right. Now I do want to ask you about something else because uh two names uh, ended up becoming available that are right-handed bats that are not 
that are not trade possibilities because you can't make trades anymore, but they they appear to be released. So I'll start with Trey Mancini. Mm. Is he somebody you would take a flyer on? Did not have a good year with the Chicago Cubs. So the Cubs let him go, and he could be available. Now, I, I, I think they designated him for assignment, so he's got to go through the whole process and waivers and stuff like that. But is that a name you would consider if you're the Phillies? So kind of also recognizing that you'd have to sort of take a step back perhaps from your new acquisition in the infield. Uh, what I mean, do you think? Is he worth it? He's 31 years old at this point. He does have positional versatility. He can play first base, he can play outfield. I mean, he's So he could go back and forth between left and, and first, which is helpful. Now, now again, not having a good year. OPS of 635. Yeah. Batting average 234. Yeah, I mean, it was just last year he was in the World Series at Houston. I mean, he had 18 homers and 63 RBIs. I mean, he's never been a – I don't think he's going to be a high on – one year he had a 360 on base percentage, but that seems fluky now compared to the rest of his his career. I, I mean, you're talking about him as a spare – sort of like a, a guy off the bench? To be basically your right-handed left fielder if you needed somebody. Is he worth that? If, is he worth adding when you – basically he would play over like a Rojas – yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Um, yeah, yeah, Frank. I mean, the thing is, you'd have to send Rojas down immediately, wouldn't you? Yeah, you couldn't carry that. That's the issue. I because I, I do want to. I, I want to take a look at Rojas a little more. But at the end of the day, I would trust Mancini a whole lot more in a playoff game than than Johan Rojas. So, I, I suppose it would make some sense. Who? Who? What are the other names you got? Uh, well, this next one is is one uh, that would be very, very popular. But uh, Gene Segura was traded to the Cleveland Guardians and then promptly released. Yeah, he can play wherever he wants. Now, here's the here's where he would fit in. Now, I know some people are way over the top. Oh, he can play shortstop instead of Trey Turner. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking. Here's mm-hmm. what they would have to do if they brought Gene Segura back. Their newly acquired infield utility guy would have to go to AAA. Yeah. And Segura would have to be a right-handed backup. I'd be all for infielder. It. Would you? Yeah. Would Would you do that? Also knowing that, then you would have to send Castro to AAA. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there any? Are, you know, is sending is Castro out of options or? He, you no, know, he does have an option. He does have an option. Yeah. So, so send him to AAA. What's no harm? No harm done there. I trust Gene Segura in a playoff. You know, push way more than Rodolfo Castro. Well, I want to, I want to caution you too because uh, his numbers are really bad <laughs> this year. Segura? Segura. Well, I mean, listen, we're having this discussion of guys who are released because they're having bad years, right? So that, that's why. Um, but I think if I think Segura is the type of guy who you bring back to a comfortable, familiar environment, and you put him in a specified role like a backup role, and okay, you're probably feeling good about that. I bet he, he can contribute. And Josh Harrison was released. Number two is available. He could put on his old jersey and and. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I think that I think that would be a boost to the players on the team because I think he was beloved, and he's free. I mean, uh, you know, as long as as long as he would understand he's coming back as a role player and not to start. And and yeah, I, think uh, he would, I think he would understand that. Don't I mean when you're released at this point in the season you know you're not going to get picked up by a team to start unless that team's really bad. So if he wants to go ahead and play for the Pirates now, <laughs> you know, then he can do that. But, I mean, I, I would they think – They could he, use him. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> they they I lost their, their left anymore, half. Their, right? <laughs> well, and they lost the left half of their infield. So, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, that that that's something I you know I'm 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 I tend to lean on Segura not being a fit right now, but um, I would at least think long and hard if I'm the Phillies. If and again, I would have to call him and say, hey, listen, you know, we have an opening as a for a backup middle infielder. What do you think? And and you know, and and I think that the uh, the release of of or or I guess he hasn't been released yet. The designation of of Harrison really speaks to to his play and him not giving much because there are other players on this forty man roster that they can easily make some room if they absolutely need to. I mean, they they have uh, the likes of uh, Eric Yulman on the forty man roster still, right? Do you think Eric Eric Yulman is going to help the Phillies anytime soon? God. Yeah, no. So, so I think that that would be an opportunity to, to 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 add somebody else. And and look, Drew Ellis, he can probably go through waivers. I don't think anybody would claim him. You know, so you you have some options to to create some space on the forty man roster um, if they do that. So anyway, Bears Is watching. Still hanging around AAA, doing all right. Who? <laughs> Scott Kingery. Oh, geez, yeah, he's still there. <laughs> I don't think he will ever leave. Uh, well. After this year, he has to leave because his contract's over. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, Scott Kingery is not a consideration. So I, I would not, uh, I would not worry too much about, uh, <laughs> about Scott Kingery. I mean, he had his what one day on the roster last year. Was that last year? He tore it up in spring. As uh, <laughs> yeah, if they didn't give him a chance already. Then they're then they're not gonna. So, but no, he's uh. He's pretty pretty done. Uh, let's see here. July he batted two thirty three for the month. Did he? Yeah. So he had a nice June. He batted three forty three in June, and then became Scott Kingery again. So. Uh, so yeah. So at any rate, um, you know, I mean, Weston Wilson is is a nice looking AAA player, but you know, you don't know what that will translate to the major leagues. Uh, but, but yeah. So and of course, uh, Cody Clemens is still hanging around down there. So, but but Segura would be a right handed bat. That you could throw a third, you could throw a second. I don't trust him as a shortstop. I mean, of course, you have you have Edmundo Sosa anyway, so mm-hmm. um, so you have those options. But I, I you know, I, I I don't know if he's popular enough and was was so good last year that I, maybe it's worth a uh, a thought. I don't I don't feel strongly about bringing him into the Phillies, but you know, if, if he is there in that role, he understands it. And by the way, you could, you could tell just, just him interacting with the Phillies in Miami. Like he has, they have so much love for each other, <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be a morale boost if, if nothing else, but uh, I don't, I, I don't know how, but seriously though, like Josh Harrison, I feel like he got some, he got like a token start in, in Pittsburgh because he played in Pittsburgh for years and was a star there. And it was kind of like a nice bone they threw him, but yeah, um, he he was really the last guy to play. I mean, that, that's probably what Segur would be the last guy to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, listen, they could theoretically bring back Josh Harrison if they wanted to just put Castro back in AAA, Right. I mean, I, I guess well, they could do a lot. Of, yeah. No, I think, I think they, I think they realize they're not getting anything out of Harrison. So, yeah. By the way, uh, Frank, and I hate to bring this up because of what happened against the Pirates, but, you know, this coincides with with the trade deadline. If you look at the last 16 games of the season for the Phillies, 13 of them are against teams that just sold off half their team, right? 
They got four against the Mets at the end of August, three against the Pirates, and then three more against the Mets. So that's, in September, yeah, they, they. I'm sorry, at the end of September. Yeah, yeah. they closed the season with 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 seven against the Mets and three yeah, against the Pirates against in the, the Pirates, year. and then also three against the Cardinals uh, in mid September, right before the Braves series. So other than three games at the Braves from September 15th on, they're playing mostly t- all teams that have fire sales, except for three against the Braves. So that's basically 16 of your last 19 games are against teams that had a fire sale. Uh, that sets up really well for them to really get some, if they needed some last minute separation there over the last two or three weeks from whoever's in the wild card, that's it right there. Now I I'm reluctant to point that out because of what just happened mm-hmm. <laughs> against, against the pirates and what has happened to this team in the past. However, um, you know, they, like you said, they atoned for it by at least taking the first two against the Marlins. So, yeah, you know, actually, in the schedule in August, there's nobody on there that you don't feel is beatable. So they've got three against the Royals this weekend, four against the Nationals, three against the Twins, who are decent but not overwhelming. Yeah, uh, two against the Blue Jays in Toronto. Those will be tough. I will say yep. that. Yep. Uh, then three Nationals again. So that's seven games against the Nationals in August. Uh, three of the three against the Giants at home. In uh, let's see, that's twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, then then the Cardinals at home and then the Angels at home. So, but you know, the Angels are better uh, than they were the other day. But you know, I, I mean, the Phillies, but the, the Phillies have to play well. I mean, that's that's the that's the bottom line here. They have to play well. Hundred percent must play well. And um, listen, th- that game too against the Marlins, right? That that Tuesday night game felt like that felt like October um, to me. It felt like last October the way they rallied mm. there. The way they beat out, well, sort of beat out Contra. I mean, he was out of the game. Beat Robertson. Is, Sorry, buddy. Beating Robertson. <laughs> Even more sort of an October tie. But just just how they, they did that. You know, with Bryce Harper coming up with that huge hit, kind of like he did against San Diego at the home run, right? I mean, uh, th- there was something that was really not. I hope that's a springboard. And then Castellanos with the home run. That was that just felt special. And Sir Anthony closing it out there. Hopefully yep. this is a springboard for them to play a little bit more consistently and get the bats going. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So I, the only thing I would worry about is, I, I, you know, Bryce Harper did one did make a comment about, oh yeah, they're going to get us some reinforcements. Um, only if the players didn't feel like they did enough and they lacked the confidence. But I think that, I think that Castellanos shot was a, uh, all right, we can do this. Yeah, that was a much that was a demand. He needed that. Sir Anthony needed it. The Phillies needed it. Everybody needed that game. By the way, I have one more thing I want to bring up before i uh before we close is another another roster option um if the phillies want to go that way um but i'm I'm trying to be kind but i i just don't think jake cave is a major leaguer i agree a thousand at bats in the major leagues you kind of know what you have but if if they're going to use a spot on the roster for a left-handed bat uh who could play left field i might look to simone muziati who is hitting 328 in AAA, 832 OPS. Does not not a homer guy, but he's got 23 stolen bases. So you got a little bit of speed there. Uh, I might I might say, all right, sorry, Jake, uh, we're going to go with uh, Simone Moziati the rest of the way. Don't they? Won't Pache take up that spot when he comes back, or was he one of those? He guys? could. Yeah, I guess it depends on how they want to. They want to. They want to let this work itself out, right? So you know, do they? Do they think that? Do they think that Rojas is definitely staying? Now, the reason why Rojas came up and not Muziati, according to the Phillies, was that 
Rojas was the right-handed bat, and that's what they needed. Uh, so in, in this situation, if they need the left-handed bat in the outfield, uh, you know, if that's something that they they really want to have, mm-hmm. then they're going to have to. They're going to have to. They're going to. I think that they would need Muziati if they were going to uh, subtract K from the equation. Indeed. Well, so I look forward to Simone Muziati someday being called up, though. I, I'm I'm excited about him. Yeah, so so he showed him a lot this year, and 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 by the way, it felt like for years he just never was able to get going. I mean, he lost the year to COVID, and then yeah. um, had some visa issues in 2021, barely played, and so this was this was and yeah, last year I think there was an injury, so so he's really he's really uh, finally having a full body of work. So 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 that's something that interests me. So I might not do it yet. I might wait till wait till September. Um, you know, after after you see a little bit more, but but yeah, I think if they want that lefty bat in the outfield, that that I, I would I would rather have him than Cave. But you're correct; they could they could just keep uh, Rojas if they like what they've seen, and neither Rojas or Pache are in the lineup every day against uh, right-handed pitching. Yeah, well, right now there's no reason to take Rojas out, so <laughs> that's that's <laughs> correct. And so, uh, <laughs> but if, yeah, I I by the way, I I did look, um. The Phillies' new bench acquisition has never played the outfield, so uh, that would be a uh, that's not something they've done yet. So uh, unless they want to get unless they want to let him work out there a little bit, uh, you won't have that there. So, but something to something to think about for later. So all right. So now after we talk this all through, Jeff, mm-hmm. do you feel confident about this Phillies team after the deadline? Oh, I feel confident that I'm going to have days where I want to pull my hair out and then days where, you know, I feel way better about them again. I, I, I would, I wish I felt a little bit more convicted in, in Trey Turner and Castellanos having really good second halves uh, and JT coming around. I don't, but uh, this team does find a way to win more than it. Lo- and, and, and they've gradually built themselves to be well over 500 since that awful April and May. So I know they'll be in the playoffs that I'm very, I'm very, you know, strongly convicted and they'll be in the postseason. I just don't know if they'll be able to have that magic that they had last year in the postseason. That that's what we'll, we'll get to that when we'll cross that bridge when we get there though. Yeah. I, I'm with you again, comparing the Phillies to the other teams up for the wild cards. I think they are in a good position to get one. I think that real Muto, uh, Turner, Cassianos, they will play better than they have this last few weeks just because they have to. There's there's nowhere to go up, go but up. And so I think that the, the things are lining up well. I do think they're at, the team itself is energized by the acquisition of Lorenzen. So, so I think good things are ahead for this Phillies team. All right. We're in agreement. Phillies in full speed, full speed ahead. <laughs> And so we'll call it a trade deadline night. Thanks for listening late at night or probably Wednesday when you listen to this. But this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. We'll catch you soon.